How to deploy NFTs in combination of real-world utility, social good, and commercial viability. Today, we have another golden guest joining us, Philip Corey Rourke, who will be giving us more clarity on this. You're a conscious luminary, and you're getting it going in the NFT space. Welcome to Golden Meta Sessions with Doc Peace. I'm your host, Dr. Peace Uche, also known as Doc Peace. Golden Meta Sessions is a time to celebrate creative expression, featuring NFT creatives who share their doses of inspiration on how they got started, plus tips and strategies on how to boldly creatively express to empower your NFT journey and achieve your version of success. New episodes drop weekly every Thursday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, so press subscribe for your weekly dose of Golden Meta Sessions with Doc Peace. This episode of Golden Meta Sessions with Doc Peace podcast is sponsored by Raka, a metaverse company and exclusive manager of French Montana's NFT album drop, 2D Montega, dropping soon. Mr. Philip C. Rourke spent 25 years as a Web2 entrepreneur building a successful global SaaS technology human capital brand in London. In 2021, his career as a social entrepreneur began blending NFTs, culture, education, and scholarship for economic growth and job creation. Thank you so very much for joining us today, Philip. Great to be here. (laughs) It's so wonderful to connect with you in this way. I know we have been in connection for about over a year now, I want to say. Has it been that long since we last connected at NFT Cabo? pretty close yeah gold great i know it's gone gone fast hasn't it yeah it really has so i'm curious to know philip philip you talk about democratization of web3 tell us what that means so that's that's a great question and thank you for uh bringing that up because democratization is something that i've been working on in my career in general in the web2 space before and was very we were very focused on uh, in the early days on democratizing the career. Mm-hmm. And that was a really important activity that we were doing because what we were what we were actually striving for in Web 2 was to give people choice of career. They didn't have to stay in one job their whole lives. They were no longer bound to their job for health insurance. Um, they were able to change careers without being ruined professionally. And these they were able to connect and network with people. So that's what Web2 did. And if you want some examples of that, you can look at uh, the policies that have changed in government about health insurance. You can look at the, the, the emergence of LinkedIn, for example, or Twitter or the social media sites. Because when I first started working in Web2, those types of activities were actually illegal. Companies could fire employees for talking with other employees in a business about their pay, for example. So when we talk about democratization, wow. We really mean freedom and choice. And Web3 is the next generation of the democratization of the internet. Mm -hmm. So what we're really now talking about is democratization of finance and banking. That's the crypto movement. And when we start talking about using tools uh, that connect to the blockchain, we're giving people choice and access that has no boundary and no border and really access is to those who take the initiative to learn. Mm. And so it's so important yes. for all of us who have access to information to share because so we are democratizing people. Gold, 
gold, gold. Speaking of borders, I'm curious to know, where are you currently based? So I'm working, I've been working for years and years over three jurisdictions. I've been working in London, I've been working in Texas, and now I've been working in Mexico. And I'm currently living in, and think I will stay here for some time, in this beautiful place, Los Cabos, Mexico, which is, for people who don't know where that is, it's that peninsula that hangs off the south of California. So this is really Southern California, uh, uh, the most Southern part. And we are, uh, as, as people living here, an international community developing a society in Southern California, the most Southern part, which is a part of Mexico. And uh, it's a very international place and it is attracting a lot of people in the Web3 space as well because of the nature of the environment. There are a lot of retirees, there are a lot of investors and there are a lot of people who are coming to the new West. I say this is like the new frontier in a way, looking for opportunities. And that means they're bringing technology and they're bringing tech, uh, investment into concepts around Web3. Gold. I love to see community being built all over the world. And that's so incredible that you shifted and you don't dove deep into this space. I'm curious to learn more about the pivot moment. When did you first decide that you were going to enter into this Web3 space and start leveraging blockchain technology. Where did that happen? Well, the, I have a, one of my dearest best friends who was a banker in London, and he was a, the CEO of a public affairs consultancy firm for many, many years. He was working in crypto and day trading, basically, early, early on. And so as he and I would down martinis and gin and tonics after work, and talk about our days and our careers and our companies. Um, he was sharing with me about his, you know, ventures into this world very early. And um, we even talked about ICOs, uh, initial crypto offerings, and, and how our businesses could flex into that space, you know, in around 16, 17, 18. And um, it was always back burner for me because when I was working in a tech business that had been along, around for a long time, really originating the internet, democratizing career, working with some of the world's largest companies, we were very focused on delivering services to clients. So when the opportunity came for me to exit my uh, former business that I founded in 1996, I was able to clear my mind and think about where would my mind lead me? And mm -hmm. it left me here in Mexico. It also left me here thinking about what the people in this part of the world really need to be focusing on in their careers and they needed to be preparing themselves to work in games and simulations. And then as the NFT movement was taking such a, such a, a growth uh, position in 2021, I couldn't ignore the connection or the linkage between NFTs, blockchain, of course, and games and simulations. And the evol evolution of meta and the metaverse, all of this happened at the same time. So. As a person who's been working in, in democratization, looking at new technologies, my, my brain was totally free and the synchronicity of that time brought me to being able to have the freedom, the time, some money for investment and the vision to work in this space. And really synchronicity, synchronicity. Yes, congratulations on this massive pivot. And I understand another congratulations is in order. We recently celebrated an historical moment together in Cabo where there was a launch of an incredible project. And I'm curious to know, how have you celebrated personally the success? 
Well, I think that the, that, thank you for pointing that out and, and um, team project because that we're working on. And, and I think that sort of taking a step back. So we have this vision around a foundation called Preparate Dos Milcien Ace, which is a not-for-profit organization based in Mexico. And what that means in English is get ready for the year 2100. So you can imagine a charity called Get Ready for the Year 2100. That's basically the name of our foundation here in Mexico. <laughs> and so people wow. say, well, that's a strange name, but what does that mean? Well, it goes back to your question before. Really, people need to now start to think and prepare themselves for the impact that technology is having on society, on education, on medicine, on business, on transportation. It's another layer of change that's occurring. We have something called the digital divide. This is something that exists in all countries, but it's something that is uh, well studied and the digital divide is growing at an extremely fast pace. Mm -hmm. So what that means for you and I is that it's hard to imagine that 50% of the world don't still have access to the internet. Of that 80% are women and children. So we have this huge project. That's what it means get ready 2100. It starts to close the digital divide for countries like Mexico that really have a, a, a fighting chance at doing that. So the project that you're referring to, which is Lealis, NFT, which is, means loyalty in Spanish, and creating really came from the idea from the foundation, understanding what the digital divide is and trying to share this information with people. People sort of look at you like you're in headlights. What are you talking about, Philip? So Lealis really is an example. It's a model. It's a role model business to start to show the economy in Mexico and start to show people who are interested in Web3 how to get into the NFT space and how to leverage the tools that you have available. Now, we're very fortunate here because we have the tools of tourism. We have the tools of art, artists. We have the tools of Mexican creativity. We have the tools of fabulous fashion designers and wonderful musicians who all work in the tourism industry. So that was very inspirational for me to see how could NFT projects work and connect with the industry that we have that drive the economy. That starts to get people's attention. Yes. yes. And so what, so we created this project as a model to show people how to get into the space. And as a result of that, we also started to get really good traction with the local economy. And so business leaders who really don't understand NFTs or know how to spell NFTs now are interested because they say, well, how does my business, how is it impacted? How could I benefit from Web3? And also the people that we've been trying to help with and closing the digital divide and working with the people in Mexico start to find, they start to see the vision, not just hear about the vision. And they can be invited to events and activities. And like we did, we launched a project and we had people from the community and people from the industry uh, of hotel and tourism. Now they're really standing up and they're saying, okay, you are not just a crazy person <laughs> because we've had this launch of this project in the sector and it's a first. It's really the first club membership program that puts loyalty programs in activation using blockchain in hotels. Really, you can claim in the world, we don't really know for sure, certainly for Latin America, possibly for the entire world. And the hotel mm -hmm. loving it. Our customers are very interested. 
and it opens doors in every direction. It's massive. It's a massive project. So it was an incredible moment to be with you in Cabo with everyone celebrating this historical moment. I know I served as a moderator of the panel that you and the manager of Viceroy were speaking on this project. And I was able to perform a spoken word flow, a custom spoken word flow to elevate and to highlight the Lealis NFT brand. And so it was an incredible moment to share with you and everyone there. There's a quote that you share. If you love investing in NFTs, luxury travel, music, art, fashion, and great food, we are the project for you. What a bold statement to make. And I'm wondering if you could share more with us on how Lealis NFT, how this project serves as the model. Yeah. Well, first, on your spoken word performance and your thoughtfulness, amazing and impeccable. So, and you've given us this great gift and we're going to use that in our materials because it says so many wonderful things. So first off, I can't wait for your community and for others to start seeing your words applied to this project and be an inspiration for many more people than just myself. And Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. And then how that statement that you, you know, as we tried to think about what is it that we're doing? What I, with that vision statement, really we're creating opportunity for creators to connect with an industry that in our research is the, and this is World Pays, uh, MasterCard and, and their research that we're, I'm quoting and also statistics infographic, the travel and luxury industries customers are the most demanding people looking to use blockchain technology in their transactions in hotels, in luxury travel, in luxury goods. It's a fascinating statistic. And what it means is that more people than ever before are traveling more people than ever before are ready to use blockchain of those people who are traveling and they want to stay and they want to be part of the luxury goods and luxury hotel travel community. This is an opportunity like never before for creators who are now democratized. They're no longer stuck to a gallery model. They're no longer stuck to a production studio model. They're no longer making films in the studio. They don't have to do that anymore. Um, they no longer have to design fashion for a brand, and, you know, work in merchandising, etc. They now have a, no, a new avenue to enter the marketplace. And what we're saying is the people with the most money, expendable income, who want to use it, want to use it in blockchain, we're creating a place, a space, for the creators to come and meet those people. And so we think that it's a marriage that's going to last. And uh, so the other part that I, I read last week, and um, an article about how things are changing in the United States, for example, and this has been happening in Europe for some time, that people are moving away from idealizing sort of the American dream of, I want to buy a home, I want to have two kids, I want to have two cars, you know, that sort of uh, nuclear family concept with their, with their money. Um, they're saying now, I want to have experiences. I want to buy products that are really durable and the highest value and quality for me that I choose. I want to travel more and I want to work 
in ways that more support a lifestyle of experience than a lifestyle of real estate investment. And we've all been educated. Your home is your most important investment of your life. Pay your mortgage. <laughs> well, right? So that's a good advice, and it works for some people in certain ways. But what we know is that in a very diverse country or a very diverse world that we live in, that doesn't work for everybody. And more and more people have the choice to elect other types of lifestyles that feed their soul more than feed mm -hmm. this real estate mortgage model that keeps the banks happy. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah, definitely. So I think we're, we're tapping into a lot of other important points with this project as a model. And we're opening yes. doors, opening doors. That's what I love to think about what we're doing for people. Thank you for sharing that. Let's take a quick moment now to hear from our sponsors. This episode of Golden Meta Sessions with Dog Peace podcast is sponsored by Raka, a metaverse company and exclusive manager of French Montana's NFT album drop, 2D Montega. Welcome back to Golden Meta Sessions with Dog Peace. Speaking of doors that you're opening, can you tell us more about the Digital Art and Dinner Club? So, Lialis as the brand, as the model. One, we have a series, we have three or four types of services that we're trying to promote and create and develop within the luxury travel sector. And one of them is called our club model. And, and we've branded for Viceroy what's called the Digital Art and Dinner Club. And I think they love that brand. It makes a lot of sense for that organization because they are sort of art forward, uh, luxury, well-known brand of hotel and they have even in uh, San Lucia they have the Viceroy collection which has Warhols and other main famous pieces of art so they're very art art oriented organization anyway so they love that model Peter Bowling the general manager the regional general manager he was like I love it because I understand it and other people understand it too because they're like okay so we have an art club we have a digital art club let's come and then what are we going to do we're going to have dinner we're going to network we're going to meet people who are interested in digital art. But now it's our responsibility, Lealis, the hotel, to create education, opportunity, educational opportunities, to make the club membership, which people buy as an NFT, more valuable. And then the hotel is doing an amazing, an amazing thing. Hotels all over the world have unused rooms. They have uh, marketing budgets that are extraordinary to attract buyers. You go onto Expedia right now, you can probably find a discount of some percentage to almost every hotel in the world for something. But when repackaged and guaranteed to members, members don't have to go on Expedia to find and hope to get a discount. They can buy a membership and they can get immediate discounts. And when we bring creators in to launch a fashion show, and we have these wonderful ideas and wonderful companies that we've been talking with to do like for like fashion shows where the fashion, we're going to see a fashion show, uh, and we're also going to be able to buy the digital copy as the NFT, yeah. right? Yes, yes. So when you do that, and you as, you as a, a club member, you're going to go to the fashion show before anyone else sees it. You're going to go to the preview mm -hmm. fashion show, and you're going to be able to buy into that creator's program. And the hotel is going to run lotteries for those early investors and give away complimentary weeks and city breaks and more discounts, which they have inventory to do. So they're going to open the door and they're going to give 
and the creators are going to come and stay and get to know the brand and people's careers are going to be launched out of this. So I'm very excited oh, about it. Cool. Yeah. Yes. This is a very exciting time. It sounds like what you built with Lealis and a T is, is pure gold. And I'm it curious to know. Way. It feels that way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah. I'm curious to know what advice do you have on how to build where you're at? You've lived all over the world and you're now based in Cabo. Can you give some advice for, for us who are list for those who are listening, how to use the resources that you are currently available to you to build where you're at the community that, that you're around the resources that you're around. Well, that's a, that's a great question. And, and I have actually thought about this in this process because I was part of the first, this goes back to the web two world. I was, I was part of the first, and this was highly criticized when it first happened, but in the very beginning, we started to outsource jobs in technology to India. So a lot of people don't, now it's sort of an, an, a given, right? Oh, we have a tech company working with us in India. Well, when that started, it wasn't like that. <laughs> it was number one, there was no internet connection that gave you good connection to India. Like uh, you couldn't be on the telephone with someone in, in India and have a conversation that you could understand. So I just want to remind people that the road to get to where we are today to answer that question has been a bumpy and fast paced build. So we went from basically riding bicycles in the mud in outsourcing to riding hyperloops now around the globe and working in the space station. And that happened over a period of 20 years. Okay. And you can call anyone right now in any part of the world and you can hear them like they're next door. You can work in a video conference now with people like they're next door. So I don't take any of that for granted because I know what that road was like. And I suffered <laughs> and, you know, invested in building that, that bridge. So my perspective on outsourcing, what we, what we would traditionally call outsourcing, and also what I would call extended global remote teams, um, working in multinational environments borderlessly, you know, uh, for me, that's sort of second nature. And so I think one of the biggest parts of that is learning how to trust in that model. And how do you build trust with people? Learning how to select partners, how to interview the marketplace, how to see beyond your bias, how to understand how other cultures educate their people and see the strengths and the weaknesses of multiculturalism and international business and be astute at those skills. And then what happens for you is the entire world is available to work in your organization and you can choose the best from anywhere. And that's how my customers that I've served for, for decades, how they have grown to be basically small countries having 300, 400,000 employees, you know, <laughs> scattered all over the world and in space and wherever, um, literally, uh, they'd become small governments uh, by, by uh, embracing and learning how to do that work 
in an efficient way. Because if you are inexperienced at that, what I'm talking about right now, trust me, it will fail. <laughs> you will fall right down. And it, it, it's not easy like I'm making it sound. It, it, it yeah. is about, it's a skill set. And so, but it's a learnable skill set. And it's not something that you can't practice to learn. And it's not something that you can't self-educate by studying how to build remote teams online. Um, tap into how to engage uh, partners in different marketplaces. You can get a coach, life coach, or a professional business coach to help guide you. Those are all ways that you can help close your digital gap in building a remote team. So for me, it's borderless, the, the, the work. Gold, gold, gold. I want to dive deep into this as well because I know your background as a business coach yourself. You've coached so many different companies on how to expand, like you shared with us. I'm curious to know, how, how do you advance your vision and bring your community with you at the same time? Well, I think it depends. I think the, the word that comes to my mind is platform. And if I think about engagement, uh, segmentation of the, of the population that you're working with in your community. So those are key aspects to building community, engaging community, advancing community, is that they all are, they all have access to that platform. You understand who they are. They're in, their, they're in that community because they're receiving the value that you understand how to deliver. You know, so they're really getting a lot of value. And as you advance, you're able to communicate with them and keep them engaged. And also they feel like they're a part of the guide. Um, I think that's really critical. And of course, if you are doing it well, you know, they're your thought innovation leadership. It's not one person or even a team just centrally. It's collaboration. Yes. And that's the name of the game. Yeah, it truly is. Collaboration opens so many But you have to have those tools. Mm -hmm. You have to have those tools. You have to have that consistency. And you don't have to talk to people every day. Or, or, you know, you don't have to have that personal touch with everyone. That's that's really something we've kind of forgiven or we've kind of moved away from understanding as important. I used to spend all my time on planes going to meetings, wearing suits, having lunch, touching the hands of people that I work with. And that was at one time a really important activity. People are okay doing business without that. And that means the market grows. That means that you have a a larger cast than net. And if you can find creative ways to touch without physically touching that help people feel included, that community can get larger. There's an interesting statistic I heard from someone, I think like uh, Walter Cronkite, like an old newscaster, a really famous person. Back in the day of the of the human brain as the ability to network, this is a very interesting statistic. So before technology, it was believed that the best networkers could only have up to six hundred people in their network. Wow, <clears throat> that was like the world's most prolific networking people before the tech. The average person, and I could be a little bit off with the numbers. But the average person in their in, in their hometown, you know, like a, you know, just living their lives and their family, it's at a hundred people. They can't do more. So, like, you know, the, the kids, the teachers, the church, yeah. your cousins, your second cousins, your aunts, your uncles. <laughs> it's a hundred people for most people. Mm-hmm. So it's the village, right? 
and at one and you and when you get to ninety nine or one hundred, someone's not getting a Christmas card next year because <laughs> you just they just couldn't keep up with it, right? Yeah. So, um, so that was used to be the range. So just imagine, like twenty five years ago, that was it. Like you were between one hundred living in the village, or you were at six hundred, and you were like the news anchor. Wow. So where are we wow, now? Wow, wow. People have thousands and millions of contacts, you know, and they're able to move that community forward. So we have really advanced. And speaking of advancement, what would you say would be the best way to make use of this community that we built out on these virtual platforms? Mm -hmm. Well, one thing I love about Web3, and I know that you are very much an advocate of this as well in all of your work, is that, it, and we have it at the Alice as part of our seven principles of a project, mm -hmm. is that philanthropy and community values meaning something's in it for the people of the community yes. have to be a part of the projects. And I think that that is probably, I'm going to put it in the, in the 35%. If you have made a pie graph of that question, I would say 35% of that should be for the communities. And, and I mean of the people who are struggling, the people who are learning, the people who need a break, the people that you would love to mentor, the people who you want to lift up, you know, because and it, it, that's not judging who those people are. It's just people. People need to be lifted up. So that's number one. Yes. Yes. I, I hear you on that. And it goes back again to making sure you're bringing your community with you as you're advancing your vision. And so I think that ties every, it, it pulls everyone else together. Mm -hmm. you know? It definitely does. And, and, and together and, you know, we thrive. Yeah. I think it's so important. And then I think the innovation and the business and the financial opportunity, you know, the business part, of course, that has to be an overwhelming part of the project. But that touches on so many things in these models. Technology, uh, it touches on the, the marketing, it, it touches on the finance, accounting, administration, all of the different parts of good business planning. Um, and then we have this beautiful, cu creative community mm -hmm. with uh, art, fashion, uh, music, film, uh, that also help to advance the interest. I don't know. For me, I don't get too excited about spreadsheets. I don't get too excited. I mean, unless it's my own spreadsheet and I see the balance going up and up and the cash flow, you know, that's kind of exciting. But I can't, I'm not a person who like wants to see the next spreadsheet after the next one and live my life around that, you know. Um, but what does excite me as a human being is, is being involved in something, a community in this case, that's doing good, that's interesting, that's innovative, um, that's bringing people together and giving us reason and purpose and be doing good things for businesses and doing good things for people who need to be inspired. And that's what I love about this about what's happening with the Web3 space. Yes, because yes. Web2 web is a lot more about the spreadsheets. I'm mm -hmm. afraid to say that's true. It's so true. And I'm so grateful that you were able to come and share more on how the Alice NFT is revolutionizing the business of the hospitality industry as a whole. I'm curious to know, you've shared with us so many doses of inspo. Are there any last minute doses of inspo, any tips and strategies that you'd like to end on today? <laughs> Oh, uh, one of my favorite things that, that I think is, I've heard this all throughout my life, 
<clears throat> and I've seen it, and there's a little meme I have on my Facebook once in a while. It comes up and remind me to send it again, and I do. Um, it says, rule number one, never give up. Rule number two, remember rule number one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, keep making those forward moves. Right. And the other, the other thing is someone, someone said in a, in a Twitter space recently, if you're not getting the results that you believe your program and your project should be getting, then you need to reevaluate the work and the energy that you're putting into your project and be honest with yourself. Are you really doing all the things that you need to be doing to be successful? And don't make excuses. I don't have money. I don't have a budget. I don't, I don't this. I don't that. Because we've talked about this. It's out there. You have yeah. to believe in your project and go find it. And yeah. there are people who are willing to work and collaborate. They're out there. So don't give up and ask yourself honestly, are you doing everything you should be doing to be successful? So good. So good. So important. Take aligned action. Thank you again, Philip, for coming on Golden Manifestations with Doc Peace. How can we connect with you further and learn more about how we can participate in Lealis NFT? We have a little website, lealis.io. It doesn't, it's, it's literally basic information about what we've been talking about. But uh, come visit us on the website. My note, my number, and my email address are there. Give me a call. <laughs> Seriously. Cool. And um, let's Lealis have a chat. means loyalty. Yes. That's right. Yes. yes. So thank you. Loyalty. Lealis means loyalty. And I love, I love, I love what you've done with our brand. Thank you so much, Don. You're so very welcome. I love what we're doing together. Thank you again, Philip, for joining us here for Golden Sessions with Dog Peas. And we'll see you next time. And everyone listening, you know what to do. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, and share with your community. And stay gold. Thank you for listening to Golden Meta Sessions with Dog Peace. I hope you got that dose of inspiration you were welcoming. Remember to subscribe. New episodes drop weekly every Thursday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. As always, reminding you, it is you who ultimately chooses to consciously express and be gold, a genuine, original, loving dreamer, as you boldly step into the metaverse and achieve your version of success. I'm your host, Doc Peace. What an honor it is to journey with you into NFTs. Stay gold.